Today on the podcast, we had Dr. Justin Bowers, and we talked about leadership and culture, and I think you will really enjoy this conversation. Please subscribe to the Mind of a Football Coach podcast, and please share it on your social media and with other people that you think would like the podcast. Thank you for listening, and have a, have a great day. Dr. Bowers. Good morning. It's always good to see you. <laughs> you too, Doctor Bowers. <laughs> think, think. If I ever became a doctorate, I would have everybody call me doctor, and that's not cool because that's not like very humble. But <laughs> it's some people that's that is cool. That's, that's what good, they want. <laughs> I'm being facetious. Like I would not want people to do that. Uh, man, it's good to see you this morning. It's good to see you. Uh, we were talking on the way in that your church has moved into a new building. Yeah. 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 11 years we've been a church and we've been in eight different buildings. And so Mm. this is a finally permanent space. So we we have been renovating an old uh, Methodist church. It's literally a little white church up on a hill. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been a really cool project. So So how does that work with like your denomination taking over a church Mm -hmm. that's not your denomination? Yeah, so this was this was a church that was actually owned not by the Methodist Church mm. any longer. They had given it okay. to um, the Parish House, which is a local kind of community mm-hmm. or charity organization yeah. here, and they were looking to get rid of it. Um, mm-hmm. But in the sale, it it delegated that they needed to sell it to a church if at all possible, okay. and so it ended up being a great deal for us. So that's that's cool. How the Methodist Church wouldn't say. You only have to give it to well they couldn't give it to themselves i guess <laughs> you know because they right. they're closing it but it's cool i said you have to give it to a church yeah and i think the trend is going to see more and more of that not just with the methodists but a lot of these you know in our area these country churches mm-hmm. that have four or five people left because they were built in a small tiny community mm-hmm. with one two families and they're kind of aging out and mm-hmm. try to figure out what to do with these assets they have. So there are churches around here mm-hmm. that have four or five people, and it's the, it's the whole church. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. But these are things <laughs> I don't know, and I love it when you tell me things I don't know. My friend is a, uh, I don't know what the, I think the word is superintendent of okay. like a southern part of the state of several Methodist churches, like a whole okay. region. And we like our area at one point, I don't know if it's still this way, but at one point we had the largest number of Methodist churches in a district throughout the whole U.S., but also oh. the smallest in numerical attendance. Because if yeah. you think about Appalachia, people had gone up into the mountains and started these little churches in mm-hmm. each community, and now they're they're just very, very small. Right, yeah. We went to a United Methodist Church in Jacksonville, Jacksonville Beach, for a little bit years ago and then that church excuse me actually birthed a non-denominational church from a, a service that church was holding yeah um it was called 1122 the service was called 1122 because i think it, it started at 1122 and it was like a catchy time so yeah. you know hey. yeah. but then now it is the church of 1122 it's like a mega church yeah in jacksonville okay um so i have experience like the methodist church saying hey like we just want the gospel preached so we're not right. big on like are you going to stick with our denomination right. um, which is 
which is neat. I didn't realize the Methodist church was so widespread in West Virginia until I moved to Buckhannon. Yeah. Yeah. Because Charleston, not really. Right. But right. Buckhannon, like, oh my gosh, there's one about every block. All over. Yeah. <laughs> and not every block, but I mean, I'm thinking first Methodist downtown and then like Chapel Hill, or maybe that's a three, four yeah block separation and those are kind of the biggest and then you've got mm-hmm. spread out mm-hmm. all the all the smaller ones yeah and it's it's wild now to watch churches across denominations trying to figure out and shrinking attendance um less commitment uh, regular attendance in a church right now is one time a month you know so Whoa, stop yeah i mean if you read the studies that's our regular attenders are one to two times a month so what used to be a central community experience week in week out Mm -hmm. now you're looking at leaders trying to figure out okay what does it look like to care for people who show up one to two times a month um Mm. and it's it's really i mean we've described it as you look at the fraternal orders the elks the moose Mm -hmm. those organizations are struggling to get membership to continue where it is Mm -hmm. fired volunteer fire departments are desperate in our town right because our sense of community engagement has has changed mm-hmm. it's shifted and so churches are just like that i think mm-hmm. i think that's a kind of a great lead into we were texting last night and i just wanted to really get your thoughts on authority so how do we what did i say let me look at my phone because so you're like what do you mean by that because i can go all different ways right i mean we can be like you know authority just do this because i say yeah i'm right but what was it so basically what comes to mind when you hear the word authority uh, so you were you were just saying that people come to church once once or twice a month, and I can see because I was like this, like why do I need to go? Like tell me why, right? And then you know, for, in the course of my, I won't speak for myself, the course of my history, I never, I can't say never, but I didn't get many good answers to that. Mm-hmm. Like why should I be here? Mm-hmm. Well, you know and. It's like point me to somebody who's dead who said something, you know, <laughs> like the yeah. or the scripture, you know. <laughs> Don't give me a well if it makes you feel good. Well, eating ice cream makes me feel good. Right. Like I shouldn't <laughs> do that all the time, you know. Yeah. yeah, I. It's funny. I mean, when you texted me about authority, I my mind went automatically to the idea of leadership and mm-hmm. you know authority yeah. by control uh, versus right. kind of authority by honor and relationship. Um, Ooh. And we could start there. Yeah, let's we, go there. Yeah, okay. let's go there. Let's go there. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm fighting the cold. Um, when I think of authority, I think my mind goes to what you just said. Somebody who's in control. My boss, your principal, right? They say Someday. this. Yeah, they say this. Here's the rules. A coach, you're going to do it my way, mm-hmm. you know. And that's that's kind of a control mentality. That's, that's authority by control mm-hmm. versus authority... By honor and and relationship, mm-hmm. that says I have this position or this posture even, um, but I'm not abusing that. I'm not taking advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And so, because of the relationship I have with you, um, <clears throat> there is there's an ability for me to gain, you know, influence over you that leads mm-hmm. to a good authority. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's a sense where that type of authority actually gives us much freedom you know, gives mm-hmm. us more freedom. Mm-hmm. Our our culture tends to push back on my rights, my rights, my rights. I was talking to somebody about mm-hmm. this when all the vaccines were coming out and mm-hmm. 
how it used to be a sense of like, we're going to do something for the communal good. Mm -hmm. And now, nope, you can't step on my rights. Doesn't matter what it is. When in reality, part of your right is to be part of the community mm -hmm. and good authority, good healthy authority gives us more freedom um, to live in, in healthy ways. Your right is to be a part of the community. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. <laughs> I think it's fundamental. Yeah, yeah right. Yes. I, yeah. I think it's fundamental. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of this is is cultural. Mm -hmm. We transfer, you know, there are cultures who are honor and shame cultures, mm. which the U.S. is not. Right. Yeah. We're very founded on the American dream, individualism, go chase whatever you want, which is great. Like, that, I love this country. I love mm -hmm. that about this country. But I think in recent years, decades, we're seeing a push so far towards that individualism that that the corporate mentality has has kind of drifted away. Yeah, it's it's interesting you say that it's when I talked with our mayor here. Shout out to Mayor Skinner if he's listening to the podcast. Uh, he's talking about how there's a push for, you know, no taxes, no taxes, no taxes. Mm -hmm. Well, pump the brakes on that. Right. Do we want good streets? Do we want streets that are do we want buildings that are upkept that are downtown yeah do we want trash picked up yes so yeah we do all have to give of ourselves in that form and that forms taxes right because we want things that are good for our community yeah and like you were saying you know, we have to kind of give up our individual rights so to speak not give them up but be right. willing to say like, what's good for all of us what's the best for our community yeah. instead of what's good for me, 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 which when you look at any culture or the Bible or any religious book, that doesn't end very well. No. When it's what, what's right. good for me, what can I get? Right. Well, we're going to burn everybody else down, mm -hmm. so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, you were talking about the church and the idea of attendance and regular, you know, I have images in my head of growing up in a church and being in the, the children's church and having the charts with stars you got gold mm -hmm. stars when you showed up mm -hmm. right and that's a that's fine it's all well and good but that is kind of a guilt-based oh for sure structure yeah versus like we talk all the time about we as a community can't be who we are called to be mm -hmm. without you being who you're called to be right right like we need you to be the best version of you and if if you're not present if you're not engaged if you're not fulfilling right. your role and responsibilities it diminishes who we are mm -hmm. who we are as a community and i i think that translates to schools i think it translates to every institution where mm -hmm. we see it's interesting you're talking about attendance and like in catholic theology it's a mortal sin to miss to willingly miss church on sunday mm -hmm. which that's what the church is taught. Um, but it's interesting, like attendance, and this is just our little parish, like that place is packed on Sundays. It's like it's hard to find a seat most Sundays. But I think that when you have something like that and you have like an authority behind that like that rule or that that dogma, because you know, the whole everybody teaches this. Mm -hmm. And I think to me that's something that's needed in our society is that let's all get behind a set of values here and we all believe this i'm not saying it's like yeah. mandatory sunday attendance i'm not you know going to tell people what to believe there but 
like that we would get behind like a, a set of values like in a community and let's all push towards this instead of we're all grasping for different mm. things you know yeah. hey i want this but you know there's no there's no eye behind me helping me yeah yeah and I, and i would say too i think the delivery of those those principles the dogma mm. the rules whatever it, it's we have a core value in our church we say stories are greater than rules mm. right so mm. you lead kids all the time the rules don't convince them to live the right way no right it, no, just no. because you have a rule doesn't mean their heart is captured right. oh, i get it you're trying to build the best school possible right and you say we can't skip class like that doesn't work right. but but there's an authority that story has in our life yes right for for those in authority to utilize story as a way of capturing right. their heart and right. saying you know um someone who's been an orphan and now finds belonging probably engages a community with more meaning and more fulfillment because they get a story out of that they know their story right versus you're part of my family you're my kid you're going to follow my rules right so yeah it's i agree yeah it's like yeah i think too you know the, the church says you have to go to church every sunday but if mass was terrible and the priest yeah. was neglectful yeah yeah, the church says that, but am I really going to go? Doesn't really matter, right, doesn't yeah. really, you know, yeah. so, but if, like, you find meaning and you find purpose and there's fulfillment, like, those are the things I think help empower people and give them more authority. Mm -hmm. So if what you're doing in school or church or athletics, right. giving people purpose in it, yeah, it gives them a, it helps them in their path right there it helps them tell a better story then it gives you authority right i mean we could tell people all right. we told people all year come to school well yeah yeah <laughs> like, exactly. our rate is not exactly great <laughs> and that's that's across the state yeah um you know i think in covid we told people it was okay not to come to school excuse me during covid we told people it's okay not to come to school and now we're like you have to come to school yeah it's like trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube and the fatigue of those in authority right is real when you get to a point i mean we do it as parents right yeah. we get tired we go because i said so right because right. of the rule instead of slowing right. down and going because this is who we are because right. this is our value system because i'm trying to invite you mm -hmm. as my child as a student in this school to create the best world possible and i know for me as an administrator i would love your take on this as a pastor i think it's also incumbent upon us as a school system to build an environment where students want to be here. And I think we're working at that. We're, we're doing those things, but I think that's a constant. We have to continue to try to make it inviting for people. Yeah. Not that we say, hey, you just come here and do whatever you want. And that's not it. But right. you're making it inviting in a way that this is meaningful for you, for your future. And then trying to indoctrinate not in a negative yeah. way like this is why we do this yes so they can preach your message for you to other people yeah and i i think there is i mean it, that you're talking about culture right you're talking mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. creating culture mm -hmm. versus letting culture just happen by default right you know people go i this is the illustration i use with leadership training like people go to chick-fil-a because the food's really good mm -hmm. but also because the culture is purposeful and intentional yes. people dread going to walmart 
not because things are cheap. Right. They don't like paying money. They go there because it's cheap. Right. But they don't. The culture is by default. It just happens right. because it's not purposeful. And right. I think schools, organizations are the exact same way. Yeah. And I think we're living through this right now where I mean, I would be curious on your take, but it feels like school culture is dictated to the bottom of the barrel. We've got to fix all the broken stuff instead of starting with, hey, these are our best 20 kids, right. our best five teachers. Let's set the culture here and let mm -hmm. that emerge out of that. Yeah, I think there are many different there are different roles for different people. And I think that. You know, as a school. I can't believe I'm saying I'm an administrator. I never thought I'd be in this seat. Uh, <laughs> but I think there's certain people in the school that gravitate towards, hey, how do we help the kids that are high flyers, AP, right? All those, you know, all those things. And how then there are certain people that, hey, how do we help the kids that are struggling? And I think that both are just as important. Yeah. And it's okay that people have different likes. Mm -hmm. And we don't need to fight each other right right we need to embrace each other like we are yeah. all here together We're, it all matters it all matters yep. uh, but at the same time we do need to give our kids that are the high flyers the high achievers give them every opportunity because yeah, yeah. that's who's going to be the leaders in your community right yeah. i mean those are the kids that are going to be your doctors and lawyers your teachers your right. business people your pastors your you know those yeah all those well and and even pushing that a little farther to say i think most organizations struggle with authority because they struggle with their own identity right yeah who are we that they forget who they are right because they're reacting to what is taking place right so we do <laughs> yeah. this we do this as parents yes. we do this as systems we do this as businesses mm -hmm. um if I'm super clear on my vision, my mission, my my values, mm -hmm. and I I always go back to that, mm -hmm. then culture and authority continues to be consistent. If I react yeah. to the loudest voice in the room, or the biggest complainer, or the biggest problem, or the best best person, right, then I'm forgetting who I am. Yeah, uh, everything is not on fire, and not everything's an emergency. And that's where, when I look at places I've worked uh, or in different organizations I've been a part of, the ones that are good identify that quickly. Like, is this really an emergency? Yes or no? Yeah. Can this wait? Sure. Well, it's urgent. Well, it's not an emergency. Right. But they focus, the good ones focus on, like you were talking about, what's our culture, what's our values? What are we really trying to get accomplished here? Because there's always going to be somebody on Facebook or saying yeah. something or yelling at a board meeting or get coming to your office yeah. or uh, asking for a meeting with you somewhere else. Like there's always going to be that. But like how do we continue to move forward and accomplish the things we want to accomplish? Yeah. Instead of just trying to get through the day. And saying no to the right things. I, I worked, Oh, yes, say no. I yeah. worked with a school that um, their biggest problem, their biggest negative cultural influence was their PTO organization, you know, and we, mm. were, we were about three months in and, mm. I, and I don't have the education education policy background. And I said, well, are you required to have this PTO? Well, no, I said, there's no state mandate. No, mm. then why don't you kill it? Right. And it was like you just given them permission to say, oh, like we can do that. Right. Right. Because that word no doesn't feel common a lot of the time. Ooh. 
I think about this iPhone that's sitting here. Steve Jobs used to say all the time, you have to say no to good ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Like people, I'm sure, gave him all kinds of ideas for the <laughs> iPhone, right? Yeah. We can add this, 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 this. He had to say no to a whole mess of that stuff. Yeah. Hey, let's just do this really well. Right. And I think that's why Apple has been great. They do computers, iPads, and iPhones. Yeah. And they do a watch now, but it's basically an iPhone that's right. on your wrist. Right. And that's it. Like yeah. they don't, it's like Chick-fil-A. They do chicken. Right. We do chicken and yeah. great service. We yeah. don't do all the menu items that McDonald's tried to do. And it's funny how McDonald's is now downsized yeah. their menu from years ago because I can't do all of this well. Yeah. We're going to really struggle somewhere. We're trying to do like all the healthy stuff plus the fast food stuff. Exactly. Yeah. We can't do all that. It's right. the school system's the same way. Right. I imagine a church is the same way. I can't do everything excellently. So I need to focus on what can I do really well. And leaders and authority feel that pressure to say yes. I mean, there is right. a it's and it's vision drift, right? Like it's right. the sense of well, I care about Vision this trip. person. I like that. I care about this person. I care about this thing, and they want this. Right. So we probably should do it. Well, it's if we forget to say no, or we choose to not say no, then then we find ourselves in places that's like, oh shoot. And I I've yeah. been there. I mean, that's that's a hard place to get out of. It is, and I think in this place and time, we don't want to. It's it's a natural human instinct to you want to be liked. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying we're rude to anybody. We don't want to purposefully make somebody mad. Right. But I think saying no, but then behind that same, by saying no to this, we're saying yes to this. Yeah. We're saying our big yes is this. Like, this is what we want to do. Yes. This is what we get accomplished. So I have to say no to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, like for football, I always watch that too. We can't be an air raid offense if I want to run the football. Because we're going to run the football here regardless. Like, mm-hmm. come hell or high water. Right. <laughs> it's like, we're going to be able to run the football. Yeah. And so you have to say no to certain things. Like, well, yeah. why don't we try this, do that? Well, because that takes practice time. <laughs> right. Right? We right. have to teach that and practice it so it takes time away from this. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's true for organizations. You can't do everything. No. Right? I mean, no. I'm sure pe- people in your congregation are like, hey, why don't we do- try this, 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 this? Well, I'm one the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And would you like to lead it? Would you like to do it? Yeah. That's a great follow up question. Would you like to take this on? Yeah. And all, a lot of times the answer is no. And the expectations of authority can dictate that too. Yeah. Because people might expect you as principal, mm. hey, you got to do this. This is this is part of your role or you've got to be in everything. I mean, that's that's what I've run into in ministry where it was yeah. like we're having this program, which I could. That's great. Like you want to do a men's ministry. That's great. I'm raising four daughters. I probably right. won't be there all the time. Right. It doesn't mean I don't support you. Doesn't right. mean I don't care. But I've got to say no to that. Yeah. Yeah. And. That's something I know. Early in my career as a as a head coach, I struggled with. I had to be at this, have to do this. Yeah. And then. No, I mean, what's our roles here? Right. And I'll support, right? I'll, I'll come help you. But I remember my first head coaching job, I had somebody at a, an organization, it was our booster organization, say, you have to be be here and do all this. And I said, are y'all every practice? <laughs> well, no. Right. So, so I don't need to be to everyone. Right. I, the ones that you really need me at, 
sure i'll be there like uh, let me give me some heads up you know mm -hmm. yeah. but uh and it's just a fine of roles it's a fine of how this is going to work how yeah. do we do this yeah uh, and i also think there's a we have to be careful there too you're talking about policy procedure if we only did what was in policy our schools would suck right <laughs> right? right so right. You know, if we only did the bare minimum, what's in code, yep. then we're not going to be very good. Right. So we do have to go above and beyond. Right. But there's a limit to that yep. as well, obviously. Yeah. And, and I think that's back to that story piece. Why why did someone choose this profession? Right. When, I, when I've sat with teachers, mm -hmm. we always start with that question. And I'll hear answers. I want to make a difference in this kid's life. I want to make an impact. I wanted to. Mm -hmm. I had a great teacher. None of them have ever said I got into this so I could be pissed off at bureaucracy, right? Ooh, and that's a yeah. that's an identity reminder. But the reality is that's where a lot of them are. That's where a lot of us are. Mm -hmm. And we need reminded of our why. Reminded of this is this is what mattered the most. Let's stay there. Let's stay in that. Have you ever heard of a guy named Jimmy Casas? I've heard the name, but I don't he know. came and spoke to us as a county. Okay, I'll send you some of his stuff. Okay, wow, yeah, he's awesome, huh. awesome. Okay. Talk, what's your why? Yeah, he had an exercise we did talking about level ten. Okay, so level ten is <clears throat> dang allergies. Let me get some <laughs> coffee here. <laughs> level ten is there's a school shooter in your building. You're at, about to have to fire a bunch of people or lay off a bunch of people because your enrollment drops. Like those are level 10. Mm -hmm. But like, what else do we put at level 10 that really isn't level 10? Right. Right. And that was one of his exercises in there. And a teacher gave up and gave an eloquent explanation of where education is these days. And <clears throat> people gave him applause and they should have. He gave an excellent response. But Jimmy looked at him and said, that's a great response. I feel you. But none of those things are level 10. Yeah. And I, and I think we're in, like, a moment, wow. we're in a moment here where things have been at a level 10. Right. For a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And people are, we were talking about trauma earlier. People yeah. are coming out of the trauma of COVID and right. political systems falling apart. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to live as, as, if, as if everything is still at a level 10. And it's not. Right. It's not. And we've got to learn to go back down to that that place of like, uh, nope, we're going to be okay. Like the principal at Morgantown High School, shout out to him. We were at a training and he said, the one, one of the things we have in public ed is time. Mm. There will, this school will be here again next year. Yeah. And the next year. Yep. And the next year. So we don't need to panic. Yep. Obviously there are things that need to be done. Right. That's just, yeah. But we don't need to panic when, you know, our, we didn't make the progress we wanted to in this program or this area. Yeah. Because guess what? They're going to reset the, we're going to reset the calendar. Right. And have a school year next year. Yeah. And that gave me a lot of, like, I could feel myself exhale. Like, whew, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, we'll get another shot at this. Right. And if we're doing it the best way we can, I think things work out. Yeah. And yeah. it and it may take years, as you're saying, and that's okay. That is okay. That's it slows down, right? It is the signature in his email says, you know, Morgantown High School, number one high school in West Virginia. Hmm. Like I guess test scores or right. whatever that is. Right. And I'm thinking, because he was talking about his plan uh, for a program they're doing, has taken like 
seven years or something of that nature. And I'm going, if it's taken them that long, right? We can, okay, like let's yeah. pump the brakes a little bit that we yeah. didn't, you know, see all this growth in one year. Because yeah. if they're having the struggles with it, I know obviously we're going to. And well. and I think your posture in that is reflective of good authority, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I I think of when Jesus calms the storm, mm-hmm. he has to be woken up. Right. There's there's a nap Ooh, man. taking place. I'll right? keep going, so, Pastor. Go ahead. Preach that thing. <laughs> so, you know, he's his posture is, yeah, I'm aware of it, but I don't I don't have to panic. I, right. My my level of urgency doesn't have to match yours. I can stay calm. I can be a non-anxious presence and still lead with authority. And I think I think that's what we need. I think we need people who, mm-hmm. you know, will say, yeah, let's have this hard conversation, but I'm not going to mirror your anxiety i'm going to actually bring peace to that bring peace to that place mm-hmm. because that's the type of authority i have mm-hmm. yeah and i know it's going to be okay yeah and if it's okay right now if it's excuse me excuse me if it's not okay right now that's okay right because eventually if we stick to the path it will be okay our identity our yeah right. all, all those things yeah and are we going to be the same as somebody else no, and that shouldn't be. That's one of the faults to me of public ed. Yes, is we are all measured the same, mm-hmm. but our school makeup is not the same as Morgantown High School. Right. So, I mean, we went five and five football last year. Yeah. And uh, that was a good year for That's us. Good year. You know, we, yeah. you know, we were play here, play there from maybe win one more. We were also play here, play there from probably losing two or three more. Right. <laughs> you know, but. That's a good year, but I'm not going to be Martinsburg or Huntington. Mm-hmm. We don't. That's not. We don't have that personnel, right? But I feel like in the school system, it's well, you should perform like yeah. Them. Well, hold on. <laughs> like, or that's a different leaders, deal. We're caught in that. I want to be them. Right. I'm chasing this trend that I saw at the conference, or I'm right. chasing whatever I think is going to make me look better. Right. And again, that's all that internal stuff and external. <laughs> it's a lot of work. The, the elephant in the room in education is socioeconomic status. Yes. The higher somebody is as far as socioeconomic status, the better the school is. Mm-hmm. And that is bottom line, end of story, close the book. Yeah. And it's not talked about a lot in public ed, but it's really a fact. Is there a parallel there of the better a school is, the better the socioeconomic status follows? 100%. So you like it's a complete it. <laughs> correlation. Yeah. I mean, look at Bridgeport High School. Yeah. Look at Morgantown. Yeah. The top schools in the state, George Washington. Right. There is a, there, it's 100%. I mean, that's yeah. the elephant in the room that yeah. their kids have more means. That's a hard merry-go-round to get off. <laughs> so they're going to yeah. do better. Like all their, all their needs are met at home. Right. Right. So they can come to school ready to go. I'm ready to learn. And we have kids like that here too. Yeah. But it's not the same percentage of students. Sure. And sure. I just think that <laughs> that is the elephant in the room and all the, hey, this program can help change your school. Mm-hmm. Well, let's look at the school that we're referencing here. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they'll say, oh, it's a low income, it's a low income area. But then you find out, oh, it's a charter school. So they can deny people. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, oh, well. <laughs> OK, well, that's a little <laughs> different story the there. <laughs> like you can tell them no, you can tell them right. yes. Or this kids coming from a house that the parents make together $150,000 a year. Well, 
it's a different story here in West yeah. Virginia. I mean, that's yep. you might as well be a millionaire if your parents combined make even close to six figures. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's <laughs> it's interesting to you know you should you'll hear people say that you know we should be like somebody else, but our story is different than their story. Yeah, and that's I mean I guess back to the original point. Good authority understands who we are mm-hmm. and and is okay with that. Right. It says we gotta live into that. And I mean, I struggle with that. I struggle with, you know, as a football coach, how I would like to be like this program to some degree, right? I wanna kind of mirror them. It's like a my my football saint, right? <laughs> I look yeah. at, I'm looking yeah, at yeah, a coach, yeah. like a coach, so to speak, in their program, and I like to be like them, but then you gotta I gotta step back and say, you know, well, that's a different place, right, right, than our place. And a lot of times I do go Google what's their, soci- what's their average income. Mm. And if it's the household income's $90,000 a year, your Upshur County's average income household is 46. Wow. Mm, yeah. The average individual income in Upshur County is 20-something thousand dollars right. a year. So that's a different makeup. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's something I I like to look at, like how similar how similar am I to somebody I'm trying to yeah not mirror but learn from. And I think that's helping you understand your people and understand yeah. how to care for and lead those people. Yeah, because we all are in different spots, right? And it's all it really all is customizable as far as how do we lead our people? Yeah, because they're people. Yeah, right? that's good. You know, I guess we all kind of fall into the Enneagram sections, but people are still right. all individuals, right? Right, right. Any closing thoughts, Dr. Bowers? You give me a lot to think about today. <laughs> I think that's great stuff. You always give me a lot to think about. <laughs> I feel like I don't give you much, but I feel like you give me a lot. No, that's good. Thank you. Yeah. It's always a pleasure to have you. It's always it, good to be here. <laughs>